Today our passage is 2 Corinthians chapter 4 beginning at verse 5 and going through 15. So we begin today by reading the scripture 2 Corinthians 4. For we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. But just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with the scripture, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake, so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Let us pray. O oh God, we ask that in the study of this word, that you would be made alive to us. Your Holy Spirit is in us. You surround us, Lord, and we look to you for guidance and for comfort on this day. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, we pray on this Trinity Sunday. Amen. Our reading today is from a letter Paul sent to the church at Corinth, which had been struggling. We have lost some of their correspondence. This is actually the fourth letter. But this note was penned after he received some good news from his co-worker Titus for how the church was rebounding after one of his visits. Actually, Paul had gone to see them and things were so bad there that after he left, he wrote them a very severe letter with harsh language. Now that letter has been lost to us. But he sent it to them so that they would see the error of their ways, how their lack of unity was destroying them. Now he wrote this one that we studied today because finally they had begun to resolve some of their internal issues that were causing such strife. And they were grieved about the break in their relationship with Paul. And the sorrow of that break had led them to repentance. Now that, my friends, is a good sermon in itself. But we must move on. Paul is writing from Macedonia. 
just after Pentecost in the year 57. He's at a vulnerable time in his life. In this letter, maybe because he and the church at Corinth have a newfound trust, a reconciled relationship, that he gives deeper personal details that we don't see in any of his other writings. He talks about his persecution. He talks about the thorn in his flesh that was very difficult for him, that plagued him. There is a full range of emotions in this letter, rather like the Psalms, and we see anguish and confidence and restlessness and joy. Paul is openly sharing his heart as he talks about the challenges and the opportunities of his work with the church so that they too may join him more fully in knowing Christ and making him known. Now this particular chapter finds Paul defending his ministry to those who are against him. He reminds the church that as believers, we present ourselves to others as we are in Christ. We tell them that we are Christians. That is who we are. When we meet someone, we don't hide our faith. We don't boast about what we do for a living, he says, or how special we are. We proclaim Jesus as Lord, even to those, especially to those who are blinded to the light of his truth. Because the same God who declared, let there be light at creation, also has sent Jesus, who's the light of the world into our hearts. And the light of the Messiah helps us know God's glory. That's a key point for Paul here, that the light of the Messiah helps us to know God's glory. In one of the clearest passages in the Bible, talking about how God's power lives in his people, Paul gives a really helpful analogy about jars of clay. He says we have this treasure, the treasure of the knowledge of God's glory, which comes from the light of the Messiah living in us. As the Spirit of God was poured over the believers at Pentecost, so all those who have faith in Christ hold this extraordinary power inside of them. The holy presence of God has been placed inside of our bodies, which Paul likens to clay jars. When one visits the Middle East, there are countless shards of earthen pottery at archeological sites. And these containers were common to the ancient world, but they don't usually survive intact because they're so fragile. And Paul is saying that a clay pot is meant to hold something. And we are meant to hold God's power. Although we are weak vessels, God fills us. Imagine putting pure gold into a terracotta, terracotta planter. He is strong in our weakness. That's why the words in verses 8 through 10 are so powerful. Because no matter what happens on the outside, what happens externally to us, we have an inner force and strength 
which keeps us going. Paul says we might be afflicted. We might be perplexed. We might be persecuted. We might be struck down. That's what life does to us. We bear the marks and the stresses and the pain in our bodies, in our jars of clay. But we have the indestructible power of the one who lives in us to help us stay intact. And Paul says, because of God, we are not crushed. We are not driven to despair. We are never forsaken, never destroyed. The death of Jesus has given life to us and that life is seen by everyone around us when we rely on him. The power to lift us out of our suffering and heartache and death doesn't come from ourselves. It comes from the Lord who suffered and died for us so that by dying to ourselves, we might have God living in us. This is a beautiful picture as we remember Jesus' sacrifice today through the sacrament of communion. We come to the table today and we are weary. We are tired of the effects of the pandemic. We're ready to be done. We're exhausted by the same fights and pains of injustices that we cannot seem to be rid of in ourselves nor in our nation. We're discouraged of the splintering of relationships, not just because of our viewpoints and our opinions, but just because we continue to condemn one another and have lost friendship. Trust has been lost in so many ways. We're burdened by the economy, by the responsibilities that we all have, by bracing ourselves for what could come next when all we want is normalcy in the places where we're used to finding it. So we come to the table where Jesus has brought what is needed to nourish our souls. We come to have the power of the Holy Spirit fill us up in our jars of clay, in our bodies again. We need the life of God to make sense of our lives. In moments of anger and pride and hopelessness and lack and grief, there is no other place that we can go except the cross. No other place except to Jesus who has secured our salvation and our peace with his blood and whose suffering means we are not alone in whatever plight we find ourselves in. Jesus' resurrection and ascension gives us something to hold on to. We come to the table and Jesus searches our hearts. If we are vulnerable, no place else, we must be vulnerable here. This is the place where we know 
We cannot hide. We aren't meant to. We bring our sin, our disappointments, and our shame. We come trudging to the foot of the cross with all we try to hold on to, with all we try to control, with all we try to make right on our own. And Jesus, Jesus asks us to lay it down. We bring the ways that the world has shaped us and he replaces it with how he is forming us. We bring our fragile, chipped and broken selves and Jesus makes us new with his strength from the inside out. We bring all that we are and have experienced allowing our savior to heal us with his wounds. God created moments for us to step out of our lives and to recognize his presence made alive in us. This is not for his sake, it is for ours. We are not helpless and harassed like sheep who have no shepherd. We have one who has invited us to come out of the chaos out of the difficulty, out of the unknown, out of the stress, out of the pain that we see all around us to be with the Lord. He who raised Jesus raises us at this time and then we go so that we might extend his grace, give his light to more and more people for his glory. Here now, the invitation. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.